We're speaking to Jessica Riggler, Assistant Director of the State Department of Health Services. So, Jessica, today the State Health Department changed the Arizona community spread from moderate to widespread. Tell us, what does that mean, and is that the highest level? Yes, widespread is the highest level. It really documents the spread of COVID-19 across our community. And so in order for us to achieve this widespread uh, transmission level, we are looking for cases of COVID-19 in in more than 12 counties. What should Arizonans do differently with this new heightened risk? You know, I'm really hoping that Arizonans have already been taking preventative action against COVID-19 and they should continue to do so. That means really ensuring that they are social distancing. We want people to stay six feet away from other individuals outside of their household so that they can limit the spread of disease. And then, of course, we want people to wash their hands and stay home when they're sick to avoid any non-essential travel. So really only going out if you need to pick up your supply needs from the grocery store, other places like that. Director Kara Chris yesterday shared some projections that, based on models, show that cases of COVID-19 in Arizona are expected to peak in mid to late April, and that hospitalizations will peak in May. What does that mean in terms of the number of cases or, or deaths? Can you expand on those peaks and those models? Yeah, I don't have any specific numbers for you based on that. We are taking into account things that we are seeing internationally and nationally uh, in order to take a look at when we think Arizona will hit that peak. Right now, we're not modeling specific case counts or counts of potential deaths in Arizona due to COVID-19. We're really looking uh, at international and national models of disease to try and understand where our um, curve is going to be basically. So when we're going to see these dramatic increases in cases based on the knowledge about disease spread. Uh, and so that's helping us to prepare uh, for surges in our hospital system and giving us an idea of when we might uh, be able to expect to see a significant increase in case counts. President Trump and others have suggested that when the climate gets a little warmer, COVID-19 might get hit. Uh, is that true? And is that true for Arizonans? Because we are expecting already 90s in the forecast and even higher temperatures after that. It would be great if that was true. There's not a lot known about this disease yet. And so we are not certain if that's really how the disease will behave in warmer weather. What Arizona is doing is preparing uh, in the event that weather has no impact on this virus. So we make sure that we are ready when the time comes. What is our current hospital capacity for treating COVID-19? And what's the biggest challenge for hospitals right now? You know, we're really working hard with hospitals in order to prepare for what we expect to be a significant surge in cases. They've done a great job already in canceling elective surgeries and making sure that they've got capacity and available beds within their hospital. An executive order uh, issued by Governor Ducey today will further support their preparedness planning efforts, and the department is also working with them to, to offer guidance. We're hoping if we can start all of these planning efforts now, we'll be in good shape uh, when we expect to see a significant increases in cases of COVID-19. I know that Governor Ducey issued some executive orders recently um, to help emergency preparedness in hospitals. Um, talk to us a little bit about the lack of beds and ventilators right now and how is this order going to help? So we do currently have some hospital capacity and ventilator capacity in the state of Arizona But as we watch what's going on in other states and around the world, we recognize that this disease um, is very taxing on a healthcare system, more so than what standard capacity is. So the executive orders recently issued by Governor Ducey will help us in a number of ways. One, he's issued an enhanced surveillance advisory that allows the department to continue to gather additional information about capacity in hospitals so that we can identify where resources need to be directed, as well as do a better job in planning and understanding who has what capacity and where that is in the state. 
The executive order the governor issued today uh, orders hospitals to expand their bed capacity further and uh, supports them in getting some licensing waivers so that they don't have the regulatory burdens on them that would preclude them from doing those activities. And so we're very hopeful that with um, this action by the governor and support from the hospitals, we'll see a significant increase in bed capacity across the state of Arizona that would support a surge of COVID-19. Why does the order also mention pediatric patients now being considered anyone under 21 instead of 18? What will that do? One of the important things with our healthcare system is making sure that all hospitals can kind of flex to accept uh, as many patients as they can. Uh, and that sometimes means diverting patients to different areas uh, so that you can sort of divide your resources up in a way that uh, provides more support. We know that our pediatric hospitals here in Arizona are willing to take on any pediatric patients. So if anyone at 21 and under is able to go to a specific pediatric hospital, that can free up bed space for other hospitals around the state to treat COVID patients. Let's talk about testing. We have received a lot of calls and emails every single day about people who are still trying to get tested and they are actually being turned away. Are we still short on tests or what is the holdup? Yeah, there's still a supply challenge with the specimen collection kits here in Arizona as well as nationally. We have a medical advisory committee that has issued pretty specific testing prioritization guidance that most of our testing sites around the state are following to ensure that we are making good use of the limited supplies we have. So it's important to remember that when people get a test for COVID-19, the healthcare worker doing the test actually has to wear personal protective equipment. That is also something that's in short supply, and we want to make sure that it's reserved for individuals who require inpatient uh, hospitalization so that the healthcare workers providing frontline medical care are able to be protected. Currently in Arizona, as well as across the nation, we are seeing continued shortages in the specimen collection kits that are needed for testing. We have a medical advisory committee in Arizona that just recently put out pretty specific recommendations for who should be prioritized to get testing. And that's based on the need to conserve our limited resources, including the specimen collection kits, as well as the personal protective equipment uh, that the healthcare providers need to wear in order to conduct the tests. And so that guidance is being utilized by most of the testing centers around the state of Arizona, which could mean that some people who want to be tested cannot because they don't fall into that testing prioritization. You know, others have shared their frustration with us that they've, they have gotten tested, and particularly earlier this month, and days have gone by, sometimes even 10 days, and they still cannot get their results. One person even told me that when they called back for the results, they told them that they had been sent to California, and they still can't learn what the results are, and they cannot get tested again. Do you have any insight as to what the issue is there? We conduct some testing here at our state public health laboratory, and that has a pretty quick turnaround time as far as test results. But we do understand that many of the private and commercial labs are seeing a significant increase in the number of specimens coming in for testing to their laboratories and have had some lengthier turnaround times in being able to process and test those specimens and get those results back to clinicians to report back to their patients. The most important thing for people to remember, though, is that getting tested does not change the course of treatment for an individual. So while a test result provides information to public health, it doesn't necessarily change anything for an individual who's been tested. We really want people who are experiencing symptoms of COVID-19 to stay home and remain at home until at least 72 hours after their symptoms get better, unless, unless they're exhibiting severe symptoms. So if they're having shortness of breath, 
that continues to worsen, if they're experiencing dizziness or chest pain that continues to worsen, that's a time to report back to your healthcare provider. With uh, more people out of work, and we've already seen a surge in unemployment benefits, people's lives are being affected in so many more ways besides just health. Could our health system be overwhelmed by people seeking mental health services, you know, um, suicide calls? How are we prepared to handle that such a difficult topic? Yeah, Arizona has a behavioral health system that's operational here in the state, um, and they are certainly preparing with the understanding that, one, this disease causes significant fear and anxiety among many people, and so that's a support need that um, individuals have, but as well as some of the economic impacts um, that will require additional behavioral health supports in the state. I know that's an area that that uh, particular system is working on right now. More questions that we get from our listeners. If it's no longer traveling to an affected area, the only big indicator that someone may get the virus, can you pinpoint where most occurrences of these viruses are occurring? Is it at home, at work, at the parks? Anything that you can share there? We don't have any specific data that would demonstrate exactly where um, viruses are most likely to transmit. Uh, from what we've seen out of other countries that have been farther along in this pandemic than we are currently, uh, a lot of transmission has occurred in household clusters. And so even within the household, it's important to make sure you're still following those prevention tips, like washing your hands. Um, if you do have a sick family member, that they're able to remain in their room as much as possible and away from other members of the family, using their own bathroom if that's possible. We understand that is not a possibility for many Arizonans, though. And so ensuring that there's frequent cleaning or disinfection of shared areas of the home is an important step. What is the state's thoughts on President Trump? He just issued some new guidelines about how um, there might be some specific guidelines for counties based on the number of cases that they're you know, seeing every day. I am not familiar with those guidelines, but I do know that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention earlier on in this outbreak did put out very specific guidance for certain areas of the country that were experiencing significant spread in areas like Northern California, Washington, and New York um, that called for um, more robust mitigation strategies and were being recommended for other parts of the country. So I think that, that would be consistent with what's already occurred as this, during this outbreak seems like we're Arizona's a little behind in terms of timeline, um, you know, from other states. President Trump is hoping to open the country by Easter. Is that a, a, a reasonable date, if you will, for us here in Arizona to be back to normal? Public health will continue to monitor the data that we're getting in to determine which direction it's heading and whether or not additional community mitigation strategies should be recommended. Governor Ducey, every time he has a press conference and speaks to us, tells us that he is following the guidance not only of the CDC, but also from the state health department on the next big steps to do for our state. Uh, when would you recommend to the governor to do a shelter in place? What would have to take? And would that happen for a single county or an entire state? I can't speak to the actions that Governor Ducey would take uh, regarding that. But as far as the data that we're looking at, um, we are analyzing our data to take a look at some of the, um, of course, increase in number of cases that we're getting, but there are other data points that we look at in order to make recommendations to the governor, including um, what's going on within the hospital system. So uh, using some data like syndromic surveillance data, which captures um, symptoms that people are presenting at hospitals with as a proxy for uh, COVID-19 cases in the absence of testing. And so we're taking a look at the speed with which those numbers are increasing in order to um, make some decisions about when recommendations could be made. 
do you have an update on how those um, drive-through pop-up testing sites are doing? I don't. We're seeing an increased number of cases as well as an increased number of individuals who've been tested. And so it's looking like there is some additional capacity across the state for testing. I got a call just today of a person who works at a large call center. Um, One person there has tested positive, but the company still has dozens of people working in close proximity to each other. And they're not given the option to work from home. What should workers do if their bosses and their companies are not being flexible enough or not following the social distancing guidelines that the state is providing? So wherever possible, we really encourage individuals to stay at least six feet apart. Often um, in office settings or cubicles, there is the ability to have either that distance or another physical barrier like a cubicle wall that can help separate individuals even when they're not sitting six feet apart. So that's an option. Um, And then, of course, we encourage people to stay home when they're sick um, so that they're not coming into the workplace and infecting their coworkers. Um, individuals can also consider wiping down uh, high-touch surfaces, including their keyboards and their desktops, as well as you know arms of their chairs, doorknobs, that kind of thing, washing their hands frequently. Uh, those are really good strategies that individuals can take to prevent the spread of illness. But the health department doesn't have any power, if you will, to reach out to companies and to say, hey, you know, you're doing this wrong. You're not allowing your workers to be in a safe environment. Is there a hotline or somewhere where all these workers can report these uh, these issues that they're having? The department doesn't enforce um, private business and how they're um, reacting to this, but we do offer a toolkit on our website for businesses that they can use. We've got a guidance template letter um, that businesses can use to send out as well as a fact sheet and some additional information, uh, specifically a workplace uh, section of our webpage.